Girlfriends, episode number 74. Plan ahead for a super summer. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're talking about baseball, returning to healthy habits, hormones, and making plans for a super summer. Here we go. Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome. I'm glad you're here. Happy rainy Monday morning. I'm recording this early on Monday morning and it's raining again. We've had a really, really dreary start to summer so far here in New Hampshire. Uh, It's just me sitting out in my car because I've got a few kids and dogs that are up in the house making noise already. And um, there's one mosquito keeping me company here in the car and driving me absolutely insane. Uh, Yeah. So that part of summer has started. We definitely have mosquitoes and um, he's here keeping me company while I'm talking to you. I hope you had a good weekend. I hope you've had a good week. We had a very basic weekend. Uh, My two boys, my two youngest who are still playing baseball, are on a travel team. And last year, we told Rafe, who's now 12, he really wanted to do the travel team. And we didn't really want to do the travel. (laughs) That part, um, we remembered all too vividly from other experiences. So we pushed him off for a year and said, absolutely, you can do it next year. We're just going to take this year off. And whoa, those words, I remembered them this year, (laughs) and he remembered them too. So yeah, we got him signed up for the travel team, and then we decided Danny could do it as well, because, well, we were already going to be doing that, um, driving around. But uh, it's actually not been so bad, I think, because Dan is one of the coaches. He's an assistant coach on the travel team. So a lot of times like, you know, practice or whatever, I don't have to be there. I I haven't been involved and um, it's been great. <laughs> Not that I don't love baseball, but I do love baseball and we got to watch plenty of it with a, a tournament this weekend. One thing that happened to me at baseball this weekend was terrible. Okay. So first of all, we were getting to the game. I I generally, and this drives my husband crazy, I will show up at a baseball game like 20 minutes late, (laughs) pretty typically. And I'm never late for things. It's kind of an on-purpose late because I know I'm going to be there for a long time. And (laughs) it's okay. I don't mind if I miss an inning or, you know, sometimes, yeah, it means I missed a kid's hit or whatever. But honestly, as parents, we put way too much pressure on ourselves to see every one of their moments I didn't have that as a kid. Like, I never felt deprived because my parents weren't at every cross-country meet or track meet that I was at or softball game. And I don't know. And and I don't think our kids have that same expectation. Yeah, they want you to be part of their lives and be interested and, yeah, go to games sometimes and cheer for them. But I don't think being there every second is super important. Anyway, all of that said, I had a couple of kids with me who convinced me to go to Dunkin' Donuts first. So then I'm um, getting out of the car with my hot cup of coffee because, of course, it was cold and kind of drizzly. And I just, for no real reason, just completely dropped the entire cup of coffee, which I hadn't even had a sip of yet, in the parking lot, completely dumped it out. I'm like, okay, not going to have coffee. So I just, you know, put the cup back in the car and then I go around to the back of the car, uh, open the trunk and I took out, we have, you know, these little beach chairs and um, was going to start walking through the parking lot, carrying those to where we were going to watch baseball. Well, 
okay this car like paused to let us cross and this was in the parking lot on pavement and I was holding these chairs kind of carelessly I don't recommend this and the straps that you're supposed to be holding the chairs by were dragging on the ground and somehow I got my feet all tangled up in those straps as we you know this car was paused waiting for us to cross and I like give them a little wave and a nod and start walking and Oh, wow. Um, this was an epic fall. I mean, I mean, really bad. It was like down, like just completely face plant on, on the pavement. And I don't, I, I was just like so stunned. I'm just like sitting there on the pavement and between that and the coffee, I was like, I don't dare move. I don't even want to get up. <laughs> and, um, you know, I really wasn't hurt. It was mostly just a pride situation. Uh, and, I smashed my, my phone case, but my phone was fine. And having the phone in my hand in that way completely saved my hand. Just my knee was scraped up and my pride was seriously wounded and my confidence was shattered. I really honestly felt like I can't carry anything. I can't walk for some reason. I can't even hold a coffee cup. Um, Anyway, uh, I very quickly do see the humor in situations like that. I mean, yeah, that's really embarrassing and horrible and I, you know, whatever. But um, my kids and I were, were already laughing about it by the time we went and sat down. And then I, I posted a picture of my smashed, well, scraped, super scraped phone case on Instagram and shared about it. And you know what? I heard from tons of people, some of them through private message and some of them through the messages there that had done very similar things and their epic falls in public and how embarrassing it is. And, you know, that was really kind of encouraging to me. And it also encouraging in that it reminded me how important it is to share our lows, <laughs> to share our highs, but also to share our lows because sometimes, um, you know, like I said, I wasn't too deeply wounded physically or mentally by this experience, but, you know, sometimes you are by, it might not be a fall, but some other experience in your life. And it's by sharing with other people, being open and honest about our, our weaknesses and our failures and our vulnerabilities that we really can find encouragement from one another because it's been my experience that more often than not, people are like, like, yeah, me too. In fact, early on in my writing career, that was overwhelmingly what I heard from people was, yeah, me too. And they were so gratified that somebody shared about some challenge of motherhood, which was mostly what I was writing about back then. And I remember distinctly that it was a lot of moms who were maybe a generation ahead of me, maybe 10 or 15 years older than me, who would come to me after they'd read some of the things that I shared, you know, kind of being honest about some of the challenges of family life and say, I didn't know anybody else felt that way. Or I didn't know it was okay to admit that that was really hard for me. Uh, and I wish I'd known that. And that was really eye-opening for me then, but I've tried to keep it in mind too, um, as I've continued in, um, you know, various forms of ministry and sharing with women, that that's such a deeply powerful thing. And it isn't something that people necessarily know automatically. I think a lot of people are walking around feeling like they're the only ones who feel that way. And that's a very lonely and isolating thing, especially if you're going through something challenging. So you may not be going through a fall, a 
publicly humiliating baseball fall. Um, But some other challenge in your life, if you're feeling that, I want to encourage you not to feel isolated in that. I want to encourage you to find other people who might share your circumstances or with whom you can share, you know, in a in a safe way, somebody that you feel safe with sharing your vulnerability, because there's such deep power and encouragement inside of doing exactly that. I also wanted to touch base with you because last week we talked about getting back to healthy habits. I was sharing with you that since vacation, I'd been kind of in a downward slide with regard, especially to my eating habits. And um, I did pretty well this past week. I hope you did too. Um, but you know what I realized? I was gone this week for work. I, I had to be in Boston and Worcester for meetings uh, three days this past week. And it made it super easy for me to take care of me. Uh, of course, you know, I'm, it's me and a hotel room. (laughs) It's, you know, me with my morning routine and in the morning. So easy to, to just get up on time, get a workout in before my day started and easy to be making healthy eating choices. I found, um, because I was completely in control of my circumstances and my environment and my surroundings for the most part. Um, and that made me realize that it's all about a balance, really. You know, when I'm here at home and with my family, I mean, I don't want to trade that in for having perfect control of my fitness goals and my um, healthy eating habits. Um, but my family is a distraction. Like, yo, say today, for example, it's my daughter Gabby's birthday. We are going to have pizza and cake and ice cream today, and that's just what's going to be around for eating. And um, I need to be okay with that, you know? Not that I'm always going to be eating that way, but it's that it's about a balance between those things. And, like, when, when I was away in, you know, sitting in a hotel room just doing my work and then getting to bed at a reasonable hour, like, such an easy routine to manage when it's just me. But when I'm home, there's a thousand different responsibilities in the evening. Lots of people demanding my time and attention. My husband pouring me a glass of wine at 7 p.m. You know, these things happen and it's okay. So I just, it just really kind of made me realize, you know, how easy it was to meet those goals and be in control of me and my environment when I was away from my family. Um, but the fact that I don't actually want that, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to trade in my family and, and the life that I lead here for that level of control. Um, so really it's, with regard to, you know, fitness goals or healthy eating, sometimes we get a little bit obsessive about it. And I think that that can be an important stage, especially if you've really gotten way off track and you need to rein yourself and you just be like, for, you know, for these few weeks here, I'm going to super focus on on doing this right. But you can get caught up in, you know, never breaking a rule um, and just wanting to have that total control. And I don't think that's a healthy thing. So anyway, just want to, encourage you to have balance with regard to your fitness goals and your eating goals in both directions because you can recognize when you're you're sliding too far in one direction or the other so it's about balance and speaking about balance I wanted to mention this um hormones (laughs) okay hormones um it's been a hormonal week for me (laughs) this past week and um it's so funny to me because I can fully recognize when I am having sort of an irrational response to something, whether it's emotion, you know, like emotional sadness or feeling anxious or getting angry. And I can recognize when it's off kilter. I can recognize it, but that doesn't change the fact that I am experiencing that emotion and 
I am going to express it. Um, no, hopefully not at the expense of my family. And I think my family mostly was spared. My This past week was just, I don't know, I had a day where I just was super emotional. And I think part of it is, and I've been talking to other moms about this, this time of year is just emotional. You see like proms and graduations and, um, you know, all those end of the school year things and milestones and thinking about the future and seeing our kids growing up and, you know, all of that, I think, kind of brings out a level of emotionalism, and that may be why I experienced this particular day that I did. But I, I texted one of my friends saying, here are some things that I have cried about today. <laughs> and here was my list. First on my list was seeing my son Ambrose, who's 18. He's home from college. And his cousin had come to visit for a couple of days this past week. Um, his cousin lives in Connecticut, my sister's son. And just seeing the two of them together while they were while he was visiting. And they were playing video games and laughing and just hanging out. And I was just watching the two of them together and thinking about when they were just tiny guys, little toddlers, these two have known each other their entire lives and they've always been buddies. Like, you know how cousins kind of pair up, they they kind of find that one who's near their age or whatever. These two were buddies and just watching them now as big kids and oh, I just totally just got emotional and got all teared up about that. Then the next thing was um, scrolling through Facebook. I see a friend's post about his dad who recently died and it was just this beautiful tribute, but I I couldn't leave it at that. I had to go in my own mind and start thinking about the one day eventually when I might lose my own dad, what that would be like, one day eventually when my children might lose their dad and how they would handle that loss and how they'd miss him and oh my gosh, I mean, it was like melancholy parade of thoughts here. And I was going with it and just started crying about that. And then um, I, one of, when I was dropping off one of my kids at school, then on the way home, I happened to hear a song on the radio that was this like really just beautiful song about this couple. And, and it just made me really think about how hard, difficult marriage is, and yet how beautiful and worth it, and what a beautiful relationship it can be, and God's plan for marriage, and what a beautiful thing that is. Tears, you know, <laughs> and I can see like, okay, I'm really indulging in this now. Okay, last one that made me cry on that day was um, I had gone to the grocery store in the afternoon, I mean, in the morning, and then in the afternoon, I went, um, I, I had, I went to the cabinet, and I realized I had forgotten to buy paper plates, which I had meant to buy. They were on my list. And for some reason, I didn't buy them at the grocery store. Tears, <laughs> tears about paper plates, <laughs> because I'm feeling like I'm failing because I'm feeling like I'm messed up and stressed about it. So dumb. And I can see it. I can fully see it. And um, I hope that I'm not the only one who's experienced this. Fully see that it's irrational in the moment, but just really feel like I just need to cry right now. And these tears are going to be cleansing. I'm going to have a chemical reset <laughs> and uh, feel better on the other side of this. And I did. I mean, honestly, I, I'm better now. I only teared up a little bit sharing my emotional thoughts with you <laughs> just now. <laughs> so I think I'm doing okay. Um, but I just wanted to share that with you because I, I did share it with a friend of mine and, and um, in a conversation later in the week. And she was like, you know what? That makes me feel better. And I want to tell my husband all of those crazy things you cried about because maybe he'll think I'm more normal, you know? And I, I think sometimes, yes, sometimes hormones are not normal and <laughs> we get out of whack. But having a day here and there is within the range of normal. Having a day of tears is... Uh, 
unfortunately, within the range of normal. You feel a little crazy at the time, um, but I, I really do think that it's important to recognize that it's okay to have moments like that. Um, I think it's just important to be aware of it and not make people around you victims of it. And that's that's the key, you know. Um, times when I know I'm being um, unfairly or un, in an unbalanced way getting upset with members of my family, I try my very best to recognize that and kind of remove myself from that situation. Um, so if you can have that much awareness, and I can only have awareness of that now because of having messed it up so many times. Anyway, we're not supposed to be talking about hormones this week, but it came up because of my tear fest last week. Um, we're supposed to be talking about how to have a super summer. Now, of course, this is on my mind because summer season is upon us. Many people's kids are already out of school. Um, school's still going on here for another couple of weeks. I think, yeah, three whole weeks. Um, but... I wanted to talk about making a plan to have a super summer because I think this is key. I have had summers where I made no plans, you know, just kind of summer kind of happened. The season shifted and here we are and you kind of just muddle through it. And um, that can be really challenging, I think. Um, I, so I think it's it's important to kind of have a plan. You don't have to have, you know, spreadsheets of every moment, how you're going to spend every day and every trip to the library you're going to make. But having a plan in place, just at least a general guideline of things that are going to change in, in summer, because it is a change. And it's whether you have kids in school or not, um, it's, a, it's a shift in your routine usually for when um, summer months are here. So I just want to share some different ideas that you might want to keep in mind when you're making a plan for summer this year. And the first one I want to share is... Summer is an opportunity to change up your prayer life, switch your spiritual life. Um, I like to look at seasons as opportunities to do this. I think it's important to do this because we can get into a rut with our spiritual life the same way with any other part of our lives that, you know, you kind of get in certain habits. This is what I do. I do these morning prayers or I do these evening prayers or I, you know, whatever it is that you do on a daily basis for prayer. And it, it can begin to just kind of feel so routine that it, it there's the danger of it becoming less meaningful um, or less fruitful for you personally. So look at summer as an opportunity to change up your prayer life because you've got a different routine. You know, I, sometimes this is thrust upon us because usually you get up, you know, early with the kids to get them out the door for school. And that, you know, it's during those few minutes while the kids are getting ready that you might have uh, your prayer time or whatever it is that's usually tied into your, your morning schedule perhaps. But one thing that I like to think about doing in the summertime is, going outside for prayer time, being outdoors for prayer time. Um, I've, our tiki hut is not quite yet ready for the season. <laughs> it needs its roof um, after this terrible winter we had this past year. Um, part of the, the thatch roof needs to be replaced. Um, and it just hasn't been warm enough for me to want to go out there in the mornings. But that used to be a, a, a beautiful prayer place for me in the summer times just head out there with a cup of coffee and and you know bring your your spiritual reading or magnificat or your um your bible and you may not have a tiki hut but there may be other another place outdoors on your property or you might want to create a prayer space 
outdoors. It doesn't have to be fancy. Maybe you have a garden. You can put a chair there. Um, maybe you already have a, you know, a statue of Mary or St. Francis or other religious kind of art in your, in your yard or part of your landscape. Maybe you just have a deck where you have a chair and a table and, and you could sit and do some reading in a beautiful outdoor environment on a regular basis. Um, just think about, think creatively about the spaces you have around you. This is something I've already thought about for this summer. And um, my birthday is on Thursday and I just told Dan last night that all I wanted was some like an outdoor stations of the cross <laughs> in the woods we have a lot of woods here and I thought that would be really nice and it could encourage the kids to do that on a regular basis it could be a nice spot for me to retreat to um, and I did this quick google search online and I found these beautiful they're made for outdoors and you know weather resistant stations of the cross that you could easily you know attach to trees or whatever make a path through the woods and I had this beautiful plan for how I was going to have Dan do this for me for my birthday but um, then I looked and they were like three thousand dollars for the set <laughs> so yeah those are beautiful but that's not happening um, but there are other cheaper um, I noticed cheaper sets and, and and I've revised my plans a little bit and I thought well he doesn't have to like make me a path in the woods but setting up a prayer place maybe with um, a, a statue or something along those lines I think it's an it's a nice way to encourage yourself but also other members of your family to take a little time for prayer during the summer months all right another plan that I think you should make planning your summer is to visit a new place. We all have our regular spots, like whether you're going swimming at the pool or at the lake or, um, or you're going to a certain park or hiking at a certain place. Like uh, summer's a great time to explore a new place. It might be a new park or you might go to a different lake or a different, you know, a state park or hike a different trail or, um, you know, any number of things. Visit a different museum if that's the kind of thing that your family enjoys. Um, go to a different library. Just the summer's a great opportunity with your kids to plan some new places. And I don't know, you might want to set a goal of having like one one per week or something that you would visit a new place or one per month if that sounds overwhelming. But um, it's a great opportunity in the summertime because everything feels fresh and new and different. You're in a different routine, a different schedule. So it's a great opportunity to try out a new place, check out a new place. And, and I find that this, these are some of the most enjoyable experiences we have as a family, even if it's just me and a few of the kids going and, and hiking a place where we haven't hiked before or checking out a, a park or some, you know, a public space that we haven't been to before that um, even if it's not like the most awesome place you ever visited, uh, it's still fun to just kind of explore a new place together. And summer's a great opportunity to do that. So visit a new place. I'm going to challenge you to do that and make a plan to do that. You need a plan because these things don't just happen. All right, this one, this next one is so important. Assign the chores, change up the chores because guess what? Your routine is changing and if you're not careful, your kids who are in school are now going to be home all day and you are going to become the servant of all. <laughs> Ask me how I know this. Ask me how I know the level of resentment that rises up as your kids are leaving like popsicle wrappers all over the place and not doing their laundry. And uh, yeah, so their temptation is to think, oh, I'm on vacation. Even big kids do this. It's pretty bad if you let it get out of control. Um, have a plan for chores 
you don't have to have a super elaborate chore chart. I know I'm not going to, but I am going to, and I'm working on this this week, have a, a general outline of basic chores that need to be done on a regular basis and who's going to do them and when they're going to do them. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm going to be the enforcer of that. And that's maybe not necessarily the most pleasant role in the summertime, but you know, um, it's an important part of family life. Kids need to recognize that you are not their servant, that they are contributing members of a household. It's also a good time for kids to learn some new life skills. Maybe, you know, during the school year, things are rushed in the mornings and you don't really want them to be doing their own laundry or you don't really want them to be cooking their own breakfast. But summer's a little bit more of a relaxed schedule and you can make opportunities for that to happen in ways that could pay off big time in, in the coming school year. So make sure you have a plan for chores, your own and other people's. I, I mean, I am not usually the most scheduled, hyper-scheduled person, but I find that just having a plan in place for like when bathrooms are going to get cleaned, for example, um, when floors are going to get cleaned, um, when you know, certain areas of the house are going to get decluttered. If, if I don't have it like on the schedule, like a certain day per week that I generally will focus on those things. It's just not going to happen. And that stuff builds up. And with lots of people in your household all summer long, which is what's happening for most people, um, it's it's really, it's you're going to end up feeling resentful. And you're going to feel overwhelmed by the amount of work that you're taking on. And that's not a place any mom wants to be. So um, have a plan in place for chores, a basic plan. If you want to do a hyper-controlled chart, go for it. I know some people really love that. There are different apps out there um, that you can use for assigning chores. Just do what works for your family. Do what works for you, what makes sense, but have a plan. It's so important, okay? Also, along those lines, this is related, have a schedule for yourself and the kids um, of basic things that you do in the day. I found one summer, and um, I think I'm going to implement this again this summer, having like a quiet hour in the afternoon was really helpful. We didn't have little kids that nap anymore, but like saying from one o'clock to two o'clock, for example, we're not going to be on screens. I'm going to encourage you to just sit quietly and read. Maybe, you know, we'll, we'll read aloud together or do some other quiet activity. I found that was really kind of a nice thing to kind of inject in our routine. So it's a, it's a schedule, but not really for chores, more about your basic, basic enjoyment together as a family. And, um, you know, you don't have the rigidity of a school schedule perhaps in the summertime, but, uh, I think having some basic structure of a schedule, basic times when you have breakfast, when breakfast gets cleaned up, when you have uh, lunch, when you have quiet time, when perhaps you do a craft together, you know, make us a basic schedule, even if it's like on a weekly basis that on Tuesday afternoons, we do a craft together on Wednesday afternoons. And, you know, I'm just saying these as examples. I'm probably not going to be scheduling a craft on Tuesday afternoons. <laughs> That's not me. And uh, my family would think I lost my mind or something. But that might be something you enjoy or that you would enjoy, you know, doing with your kids that you really would value that time together. So look for opportunities to kind of have a basic schedule in place. So not everybody's just schlepping around and watching cartoons and eating ice cream out of the container all summer long. <laughs> bad. That's bad. Okay. Um, all right. So then next I want to encourage you to set a goal for the summer. The summer is a nice kind of chunk of time. Um, and by set a goal, I don't mean lofty goal, like I'm going to lose 75 pounds and my children are all going to play classical violin by the end of the summer. Like, no, set, set a reasonable goal, um, you know, along the lines of something, whether it's a goal together as a family um, 
or a work project on your part, the summer is nice because it's a chunk of time that even if your routine isn't changing, it's kind of a defined period of time, you know, Memorial Day to Labor Day. And um, maybe there's some work project, some side work project that you've been wanting to work on, maybe a piece of writing that you're working on, or if you um, it work in some other kind of creative project that there might be a goal you could set to accomplish a certain amount of work. Um, maybe there's something you've been putting off. Um, even how about work around your house? Maybe there's a room you want to paint or a, a bureau that you want to refinish or um, a nice goal that a friend of mine set one summer with her kids was visiting a family member once per week. And yeah, that might mean like um, an aunt or an uncle that lives alone that was nearby, but you don't really make the effort to get out and visit them very often or visiting grandparents or visiting cousins, visiting a friend that you haven't seen since college or um, I kind of like that because it it set a goal for her and she really enjoyed it. And she was visiting with her kids and just reconnecting with people that, that were important to her that we don't always make the time for. So maybe consider that, making a goal of visiting someone once per week. Um, another one along those lines would be to write letters. This is a nice project that you can do with kids. And I find that if we set aside a time and say, you know, pick somebody that you want to write a letter to. And we're going to sit down now in this, you know, these 30 minutes here, and we're going to write letters and maybe do that once a week. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be important letters. It could be the, the most meaningful ones or writing to family members or someone who might be lonely or um, maybe a former teacher or somebody that's been important in your life, a priest perhaps, um, that you want to thank for something they've done for you. I mean, we all have opportunities to be grateful for things. So maybe even just get like a stack of note cards and send some thank you notes once per week. And I, I mean, I think that's a nice goal. Um, or you might have a goal of reading aloud as a family. There might be a novel that you've been wanting to read out loud and you're not getting to it. Make it a goal to do that this summer. Um, I just like that it's a set chunk of time and that kind of inspires me toward goals. <laughs> so I, I, I think it's a nice way to kind of encourage yourself to think about what's important to you, what's something that might be meaningful for you to accomplish on your own or together with your family during the summer months. All right. Um, the Next thing I want to mention doing as you make a plan for summer is ask your family for their input. I think I shared this uh, last year when we were talking about slowing down and savoring summer that it can be a really fun thing to do is just make a master list of the things you and the kids want to do or you and your spouse want to do during the summer. Um, you know, things as simple as going to a particular beach or going to a particular restaurant, um, visiting a park or going to fireworks, things that like really mean summer to you or to your kids. It's fun to make a great big list like that, um, as long as they're not too demanding or complicated or expensive. Um, we did this and um, I, I think I am going to do it again this year. Just just make this big, long running list and together like we did it in one evening last summer and then just put it like we posted it on the fridge and we did our best of course we didn't do every single thing on there but it kind of inspired us to be thinking about those things and to be planning ahead to actually make those things happen or to notice when there was an opportunity to do one of those things that was on the list and uh, we did a lot of them and I think it's nice because well at least with my own kids I was surprised by how simple 
their desires were for summertime and the things that were meaningful for them, the things that they had the best memories of us doing together as a family weren't really elaborate or fancy or too difficult or expensive. It was pretty simple stuff, just things that we did together as a family, whether it's a, a campfire in the backyard or doing an overnight camping um, or um, going to an air show, um, you know, different things like that. Uh, it's, it's kind of a fun exercise to do. And even if your kids are too little to give their input right now, then maybe, you know, sit down with your, your, your spouse and make up your list, find out what your priorities are, what's meaningful to you. And it can be kind of nice to have that running list and to check things off as you go, as long as you're not going to be overly strict about it and feel like you failed summer if you don't check them all off. You need to accept that at the beginning. <laughs> They're not all going to be checked off and that is okay, but this is just a list of inspiration. So that's it. Those are my ideas for making a plan for summer. Um, first, change up your prayer life. Two, visit a new place. Assign the chores. Have a schedule for yourself and for the kids. Set a goal and ask for your family's input. If you have other ideas to share about how to plan for a fun summer together with those people you love and your family and your friends, send me an email. I would love to hear from you. Danielle at DanielleBean.com or you can leave me voice feedback at DanielleBean.com. Just click that little tab that says leave voicemail. I would love to hear from you that way or connect with me on Voxer or social media. I would love to to add your input to a future episode of Girlfriends. And speaking of feedback, I heard from a number of you after sharing about interval training last week and how I was enjoying some various forms of interval training and using my interval app. I heard from a number of you who also enjoy interval training and are really kind of into it, and you were very inspiring. Um, some of you recommended some apps. Alice recommended the free app 8FIT. It's the number 8, F-I-T. She says, I'm having fun doing super short, high-intensity workouts on days when the weather doesn't allow me to walk, run, or hike. And, you know, that's a good point that, like, the thing that I find really helpful about interval workouts is that it's super flexible. And you can pretty much do them anytime or anywhere. There's, there's like, you know, you don't have the 45 minutes where you're in your perfect gym situation to get your workout in. Who cares? You can use this app and move your body and get yourself out of breath in, you know, the course of 15 minutes or so. So definitely um, check out that app that Alice recommends, which is eight, the number eight fit. And um, that's a free app that she likes using for her interval workouts. What are you doing for workouts these days? I would love to hear from you. I loved hearing from all the different ways people are enjoying the interval training. Um, let me know how it's going for you and what you're enjoying exploring these days. I find it's really fun to kind of get inspiration from each other and I can I can share your recommendations. Um, if there's an app that you like to use or a particular workout, there's um, certain YouTube videos that I really enjoy and maybe there's a particular channel there that helps you to kind of stay on track with your fitness goals as well. So share with me. Um, you can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com or connect with me in any of the other ways that I just mentioned. I also got some voice feedback this week from Lynn Marie, who clicked that little tab at daniellebean.com and left me this message. Hi, Danielle. This is Lynn Marie, one of your biggest fans. And I just listened to your um, podcast today about de-stressing, how to have less stress. And I just had a couple things to add. I, I really loved what you said about breathing and deep breathing, you know, uh, it was just great as usual. I really enjoyed it. 
So um, my first little tip is listen to Daniel Bean's podcast if you want to de-stress because um, honestly, you know, I take you on my walk and I listen to your podcast and I go for a very long walk. So sometimes I listen to one of the older ones and, you know, honestly, I just, the, the amount of encouragement that you give to me on these walks is just amazing. And I, I'm, I'm subscribing to you for $1 per podcast and it is just unbelievable to me how much I get for so little. So, um, I, re- I appreciate that so much, Danielle. And the other thing is I just, you know, and you always talk about this and maybe it was just, you know, it's so obvious, but, um, I think praying is, um, a, re- a really good way to de-stress. And Lynn Marie got cut off there, I think. SpeakPipe only allows you to record a minute and a half of your message. So um, if you want longer, you can always click the button again and and add to your message if you do that over at daniellebean.com. But I'm glad you mentioned that at the end there, um, Lynn Marie, because after I recorded that podcast, I'm like, why didn't I mention prayer? (laughs) I guess because it is obvious. But um, I'm glad you brought it up because for some people, um, prayer is the number one way to de-stress. And um, I think it's an important thing to mention. So yes, definitely add prayer to the list of ways that you can potentially reduce the amount of stress you're experiencing in your life. It can be really very deeply satisfying and anxiety reducing. And in fact, I did hear from some people on social media that were sharing just very brief, beautiful prayers, you know, telling Jesus that you you trust in him, um, you know, giving your, your worries to Jesus um, as a way to kind of de-stress, especially for those middle of the night moments that we talked about last week. So an important tip. And thank you, Lynn Marie, for being a Patreon supporter. I'm glad you mentioned that because I always like to thank the people who are supporting the podcast in that way. It's an important way that you can encourage the production here of the Girlfriends Podcast. If you like what I'm doing here, and thank you so much for your kind words, Lynn Marie. I appreciate the fact that you find it so encouraging and the fact that you you value it and that you're you're willing to support it financially as well. So if you're interested in doing that as well, you can go to patreon.com p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash girlfriends and you can sign up as as Lynn mentioned for as little as a dollar per episode and that qualifies you for special benefits like taking part in Girlfriends Live. If you support the podcast in any amount a pledge of any amount earns you an invitation to Girlfriends Live. And I've got one scheduled for next week, next Tuesday, June 13th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That seemed to be the consensus, the time that most people were able to make. If that doesn't work for you to um, get together for a video chat and you want to participate, send me a note because I'm, I'm very willing to kind of vary the time of these things to make sure everyone who wants to take part in it is able to. But so that's the next one I have scheduled is June 13th, Tuesday at 8 p.m. And those of you who support the podcast through Patreon can take part in that fun video chat where we just talk for a, a little while, like 45 minutes or so about the things that are on our minds. And anything goes, you can bring any questions or you can bring no questions and you can just listen if you want want. Um, I'd love to have you be a part of that. So if you're interested in taking part in that and you're not yet a Patreon subscriber um, of the Girlfriends Podcast, you can go and make your pledge for as little as a dollar per episode. Well, that will earn you an invitation to Girlfriends Live next Tuesday, June 13th at 8 8 p.m. Eastern. I'd love to be able to connect with you there.
And speaking of connecting, I want to mention a few different places that I'm going to be in the coming weeks. Um, last call, because I want you to register and I want to see you there at my home parish, St. Andre Bassett in Laconia, New Hampshire. If you're anywhere local, or if you're willing to make a little bit of a drive and you live in New England, I would love to meet you at St. Andre Bassett on June 10th. It's Saturday, this coming Saturday, June 10th, 8.30 a.m. to 3 o'clock p.m. We're going to be having my You're Worth It retreat. I'm thrilled to be doing this finally at my home parish with the people that I know and love there. Um, so if you're not familiar with the You're Worth It retreat, this is a retreat that I put together um, based around themes of my book, You're Worth It, which really is a look at Jesus's relationship with women in the Gospels. We go through the Gospel stories, um, all these these real women who interacted with Jesus during his time here on earth, where we look at their conversations, we look at the things he said, the things that he did for them, the women that he healed and touched and that he spoke to that we look at those beautiful stories and what we can learn from those because I truly believe that Jesus inside of those stories is speaking to every one of us and it's so valuable for us as women to put ourselves in the place of the various women in the gospel stories and find out what we can learn there about Jesus's unique love for women, about how much he loves each of us deeply and personally and intimately, how he longs for us to know our dignity and our worth and how he affirms that dignity and worth with his words and actions in those gospel stories. It's really a beautiful opportunity for us to come together as women and affirm those things for one another, in one another. These very basic things we know about God's love, sometimes we don't reflect on them enough or sometimes we don't let them sink in. They get into our head but not into our heart. So the You're Worth It retreat is an opportunity for us to get together and do just that. Really focus on those things that are most important, those things, those parts of our identity as Christian women, our relationship with Jesus, and the ways in which we can grow in love and grow closer to one another, but more importantly, grow closer to Jesus through our conversations and our discussions and our sharing about those gospel stories at the You Are Worth It retreat. So I'm really looking forward to doing that in Laconia, New Hampshire, at St. Andre Bissett Parish on Saturday, June 10th. So if you can possibly be there, you do need to register ahead of time. I'll put the link in the show notes. Or if you're nowhere near my area and you're thinking, that sounds like a nice retreat, please check out the retreat page on my website, daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. There's a form you can fill out there to get some basic information and find out about how you can possibly go about bringing the You're Worth It retreat with me as the facilitator to your your parish, your community, your women's group, I would love to come out and bring this important message to the women of your community. Um, then Saturday, June 4th, I'm going to be in Troy, Vermont. So again, if you're in New England or if you're in that part of New England, I would love to, for you to come out so I can meet you at the Family Retreat Day. For just $30, you can register your entire family. And they have programs for teens, for kids, for men, for women, for couples together. It's really a beautiful day where they have music. Meals are included. It's such a, a wonderful schedule. I was just looking at it and thinking, oh, this is pretty amazing. And um, so there's an awful lot there. So if you're in that area of Troy, Vermont, I'd love for you to come out and meet me that day. I would love to meet you. I love every time I get an opportunity to meet somebody who listens to the podcast. It's such a treat for me. Um, but also your family would just get a lot out of that day. I'm going to be speaking twice that day. I'm going to be speaking to women and also to married couples in the course of the schedule of that day. So again, I'll put the information to register for that day in Troy, Vermont on Saturday, June 24th. I'll put that link in the show notes as well. 
Also, if you are interested in maybe not having the retreat, but in having me come out and possibly speak at your conference, your event in your parish or your diocese, you can get more information about that at daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. If you go to that that page on my website, a bonus, you get to see this old picture of me when my hair was dark brown and it's very exciting. It, it's a funny picture that I had taken at a conference once where I was holding up a sign that said speakers. Couldn't resist including that on my speaker page, but there's also testimonials from people who've had me come speak um, and then the opportunity to contact me for more information about having me come out and speak at your group, your event, your parish, your diocese. I would love to come out and meet you. So again, that's daniellebean.com forward slash speaking. And before I have to go, I want to be sure to thank Ascension Press for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast. They assist me with the production of the podcast and they feature girlfriends at their website, ascensionpresents.com. If you go to ascensionpresents.com forward slash podcast, you can check out the other podcasts they have because it's not just girlfriends. They have guys too. <laughs> so there's the Jeff Caven show that you'll want to check out. The Ascension Roundtable, which is about Catholic ministry, people in um, leadership positions of Catholic ministry sharing about that work. And then Father Mike Schmitz, who we all know and love, um, but some really great, real quick on-the-go kinds of little bits of inspiration that you can get there. So you want to check out all that Ascension Press has to offer at ascensionpresents.com. If you want the podcast, go to slash podcast and check out everything they have to offer there. And I want to be sure to thank you, too. Thank you for all the ways you support the podcast. Thank you for your feedback, for your emails, for your iTunes reviews. Those things really do make a difference and help me to get the word out about girlfriends and find new people who can enjoy listening here. So thank you for all the different ways that you support and encourage the growth and the spread of the Girlfriends podcast. But most importantly, thank you just for being here. Thank you for showing up. It's so encouraging to me that you listen to what I have to say here week after week. And I love that we have this opportunity to connect in this way. And this little bit of a community that we've we've built around girlfriends here, it's so precious to me and so meaningful to me that you make the time for girlfriends and for what I have to share in your daily life. So thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a daniellebean.com production. Know your worth, find your joy.